You are now listening to the African Growth Opportunities Podcast, where we share opportunities for Africans both in diaspora and on continent to develop, progress, and succeed in today's changing world. I'm your host, Udochi Okeke. And on today's episode, we will be talking to Shahida Foster, founder of Black Girls Learn Languages, about the power of being multilingual. Welcome to the show, Shahida. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. We're very happy um, to have you on the show. So, um, Shahida, let's just uh, jump right in. What can you tell? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what exactly do you do? Okay. Well, my name is Shahida, and I'm the creator of Black Girls Learn Languages. Black Girls Learn Languages is an online platform in which I celebrate African women and African descent women who are multilingual in an effort to motivate others to pick up another language. I also create and I provide language learning content to help others that are in pursuit of a foreign language. I also do celebrate black men and African men on Man Crush Mondays because I don't want to completely alienate them, but my focus is black women. That's wonderful. Um, I think uh, learning languages is is a really powerful tool. Um, even here on um, uh, with Wudo, we do encourage bilingualism, and that's what made your story so um, so striking because uh, I think bilingualism is a huge and powerful tool, especially for Africans um, all over the world. So um, can you talk to us a little bit more about your journey to getting to where you are now? Yes. It started with – I've been passionate about languages all my life. I mean, I'm from New York City. Ever since I was little, I heard Spanish all over the place. I I, I grew up in Bushwick in a lot of – Puerto Rican people. So I always wanted to learn Spanish, and I would learn it in school, but we formally started learning languages in the sixth grade. And when we started formally learning them, I felt like I was the only one taking a sincere interest in the foreign language classes and in junior high school and high school. And it seemed like everybody else just wanted to, they just took it as a graduation requirement. And so when I finally did try to join extracurricular clubs, like, you know, they have Spanish club or French club or German club, I tried to join the, the French club, and I was the only black person there. Everybody else was white. <laughs> so it's kind of like I felt like, okay, <laughs> I don't fit in here. And I just felt like I didn't have, a, like, a community of people that looked like me that I could talk to. And so – Flash forward to my most recent experience living in Europe and working for a German company, a lot of people that I met would be shocked that I spoke another language besides English. And even when I came back from Europe, people would make comments. And I remember one specifically, someone made an offhanded comment, like, black girls don't learn languages. And I was like, yes, wow. they do. <laughs> yeah. And so that's, that's, where, that's where the name came from, black girls learn languages, because we do Wow, that's really powerful. Um, I think your experience is really uh, probably more common than you think. Um, People are often shocked for some strange reason about what we can and cannot do. Um, Just out of curiosity, Shahida, do you have any, um, any background that you know of that is outside of United States, 
um, just out of curiosity and how it's, you know, re- related to your interest in learning languages? Um, no, as far as I know, I don't. Uh, I just, like, like Cardi B, I hate to say this, but like Cardi B, I'm just a regular, regular, schmegular girl from Brooklyn. <laughs> That's, no, that's awesome. I think that's awesome because um, I personally think that, um, you know, one thing that I'm a very huge proponent of is, um, you know, African Americans in the United States, I think that um, it's important to br- embrace uh, the identity of um, who you are regardless. And I think, and I think I said this in one interview recently that I think, that uh, whoever you into uh, this was on the uh, Adrian Nanchev um, uh, remarkable be, uh, become remarkable podcast. I said this in my interview that I think that um, what's most important is that we embrace ourselves, um, no matter who we are and what language we we choose to speak. And so, um, so because because I believe that I also believe that African Americans who, especially people of the African diaspora who were born and raised in America, that um, it's important to become, what's the word, Um, you know, to become excellent or, uh, not necessarily excellent, what's the word, Uh, more so, uh, you know, gain gain talents and skills that help, um, help you, embrace an identity, you know what I mean? So I think bilingualism is one of the most powerful skills a person can have. Multilingualism is better, according to one of your posts on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but but I, think, I, think it's, I think it's great. Um, there's no reason for anyone to allow themselves to uh, slip into any sense of uh, mediocrity or complacency um, when it comes to languages. You know, literacy is... You know, it doesn't matter what you're literate in, you know, in my opinion. You could be literate right. in um, in any of the billions of millions of languages or, you know, you know, several thousand languages that they exist on this planet, but just become literate in something, you know. So, um, so how about what are some serious obstacles, you know, in building your platform um, that you may have faced in Black Girls Learn Languages, you did mention earlier about uh, people not even people being shocked that as a Black woman you could even speak multiple languages. Um, you know that that's a personal obstacle, but in general, like with your with your building of your platform, um, are there any obstacles you you feel like you may have faced, and and how how have you overcome them? Well. I'm still in the early stages because I actually just started this this year. <laughs> wow. So, um, yes, I just I Really just impressive so far. <laughs> Thank you so much. But one obstacle that I did face that, that, that I had to struggle with but I've gotten over is the I've had to reckon with people feeling that my platform is divisive. Like, wow. why can't it be all girls learn languages? And it's like, it can't be because it's based on my experience as a black woman. And like you mm. said, earlier, you know, I'm not as alone as I thought. And I knew that in my heart. I said, I can't be the only black girl that likes languages, which is another reason why I started this, because I wanted to bring women together who are learning languages or who know languages so that, you know, they don't feel alone. And um, it's just, it's based on my experience, how my lingual talents and my aptitude have been doubted 
simply because of the color of my skin, how I've had to jump through hoops to prove I can speak a language when my white counterparts would be accepted just at their word, even though I could speak the language better than they could. And Mm. it's a very different experience being a black person that speaks more than one language as opposed to a white person speaking more than one language. And so I want to support the black experience. I want to encourage that. And I want to have a community that is a safe space for women to air their pain points, get help, and have a sense of sorority that they're not alone. Absolutely. I think, wow, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm here, I'm almost speechless because um, I think that uh, there is often an issue, there is often an issue with some communities. I mean, there's multiple points that I can, I can even point to in what you just said because, number one, there, um, there's often somehow, it's somehow, I don't know, uh, people looking in oftentimes feel like it's weird that um, blacks and Africans may feel the need to congregate um, around particular issues, but you're right. Like there are some unique experiences that we face that, and it's not just unique experiences in the sense of the human experience, but it's unique experience in, in the sense that there is a shared um, pain almost that we have and we face um, that we need to support one another in. And generally, it's it generally it's best when we're supporting one another in growth, because mm-hmm. the process of growth, um, in and of itself, is is painful. But then to add on to that a stigma or a um, a, a shared oppression, um, we need to support each other in a way that um, that is unique to our experience. Um, in the same way, you wouldn't attack, for example, when the Boston, um, the unfortunate Boston Marathon bombings happened. You know, you saw people congregate around that shared pain um, to heal. And so in the same way, I think that, you know, for anyone to come against um, your platform um, saying that why would, why, do you, why can't it be all girls learn languages? You know, I feel like sometimes we do when we're, grow, when we're trying to grow, when we're, when we're being, you know, ostracized or stigmatized um, because of a, something that we want to do to improve ourselves. It's like, well, maybe it'll be a safer space if we just, you know, you know do this together. Um, you know, sometimes you pr- you prefer to grow with your family more so than you know outside. But then once you're once you're proficient, yeah, you go out there and you show your you know you show 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 them what you got. So um, <laughs> I think that's I think that's really powerful um, that you should bring that up. And I think that there was another point that I was thinking about in what you were saying. But you just I mean what you said was just full of so many nuggets of wisdom. So um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> So, and oh, the other thing was that, you know, you were talking about how your platform is relatively new, and I was saying that, yeah, I mean, I think that you, you pretty much, you know, come come quite a, quite a ways with that, um, despite the fact that you just started it this year. Um, I think that, um, a, I think that a lot can be learned from, from you being able to um, come up with this idea and then pursue it and push forward with it. In such a in, and grow with it in such a short period of time. So, um, I, I, because of that, I, I want to ask you, for the sake of our audiences who may be trying to start their own platforms, because um, or even come into your space in a, in a way that's unique and and, and significant to them, um, 
especially the Africans that, you know, may even want to because I believe on your um, – on your website or uh, at some point you we spoke earlier before this interview and you said that you kind of focus more on the romance languages. So there may be some Africans who may want to, you know, get into the space but really focus on uh, maybe less, less um, something not as, you know, something more African, maybe an African language or maybe a Chinese or a Japanese language um, that's not the traditional sense of the romance languages. So, um just out of curiosity, um, well, just for the sake of our audience, what sort of opportunities in general do you see for people who might be interested in getting into your space um, in any way, shape, or form, from any angle? I, see I mean, specifically speaking towards Africans, obviously. <laughs> right. I see loads of opportunity, even if it's because, you know, some of the Romance languages are colonial languages, like French or Portuguese. And then, of course, Afrikaans is a derivative of Dutch. So it doesn't matter. Like, I just encourage anybody who's black, African, or African descent to get into that space because from what I understand, you know, the polyglot community, the language community, it's, it's just it's so big. And people typically are very friendly, very welcoming. But one thing I do have to say in my research for finding people to exemplify, you know, to, to celebrate, I see a lot of blogs celebrating other white people. And, and, and it's like I don't see, like, for instance, I, I saw on one website, I'm not going to name it, but if you Google, like, you know, polyglots you want to know, what have you, and, and it's like a, a list. It says 37 polyglots you need to know. And there was not one black face on that list. And I found that wow. to be interesting because Africa is the most linguistically diverse continent on this earth. So to me, that was an insult because you mean to tell me that the 37 people that you want to showcase, there wasn't one person that was black that you could showcase? So that's, that's like, that was just a major insult. So I encourage anyone, like I said, who is African, African descent, if you have skills, if you want to share it, you want to help people, just get on. You know, I don't even care if you're doing, like, if you want to do exactly what I'm doing, just do it because there needs to be more of us. I don't want to see another list come out and there's no black people on that list. But I want to, I want to be able to put out my own list, top six polyglots you should follow, and they're all black people. That's mm -hmm. what I want to be able to do. So, you know, I just encourage them, um, whatever you can do, do it. If you want to come at an angle of teaching, if you want to come out at an angle of just tutoring, like whatever it is that you want to do, or if you just want to just share content, just reshare content, like that's all you want to do. You don't want to create content. Whatever the case may be, I just encourage you to just do it. Just get out there, and as you start, to put that content out or reshare content, you'll start to realize what direction you want to go in, and, and it'll get more precise from there. Wow, absolutely. I think, um, I think you really hit on a, a, a few points there. Um, I think that with an, to, to, um, for, for, for it to be, I don't know whether it's difficult sometimes for them to find or or acknowledge that um, that that black people are talented in these ways for them to put them on these lists, but I just I think that um, I think it's very it's very uh, it's very sad that you know that that we that we don't make it to these lists where they say this. 
Um, but I think we can definitely, like you said, um, create our own list or, you know, kind of break the mold. And, you know, those of us who want to be known, sometimes we have to knock, that, you know, knock, knock down the door with things like this um, to kind of say, hey, yeah, we, we do these things too. Um, this this is a little bit going off track a little bit, but uh, I've seen on um, – I've seen on um, a guy's blog, his name is uh, Scott Young. He is uh, of European descent. He's white. I believe he's white American, not Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And he actually did um, a a program. He actually did a TED Talk as well as um, does a lot with learning languages and, and, and teaching people how to learn languages. And he actually did some immersion programs. Um, where he lived in, I believe it was China, some Latin, some Spanish country, um, and then uh, I think I can't remember what the third one was. I think it was like Korean. I, I can't remember. There were three. There were three different languages that he tried to learn in a span of a year, and he spent maybe three or four months or so in each co- in the countries where he he stopped. He just intentionally was like no English. I think it was called the year with no English, and mm-hmm. he would go on. He would go to these countries and could be completely immersed, immersed, and he would refuse to. He pretty much he and he and his friend, who I think is Indi- of Indian descent. Um, would said they would not speak English throughout the time that they're in these countries, and they would force themselves through immersion to um, to, to learn these languages. So my question now is, um, I guess since you know a lot about learning languages, are there any particular uh, skills or I mean or techniques that you know for best learning languages? I, I, this is a three part question. Number one, any particular skills you know for learning languages? Number two, do you think what he did was realistic and whether or not he can really, you know, go deep with learning a language in that way, or you know, if there's something else he could potentially do to get better? And the third part is, um, do you? Um, there was a third part to it. I don't remember, but I'll, if I do remember, while you're talking, I'll, I'll. I'll kind of take a little bit so I can ask you. So there we go, two questions. Like, you know, are there any particular techniques that you um, you may recommend to people who want to get into one? Oh, I remember the third one now. The third one is, do you think that it may be more difficult for people to learn language at an older age, or is it something that you can do at any age? So those are my three questions. <laughs> okay. Well, we, I'll remind question. you if you forget one. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Thank you. The first mm-hmm. question you said, uh, do you, I think you said, do you think, well, first my techniques or my tips and tricks, and I would have to say leaning on what he said, because I did read that. I kind of skimmed through it because I, I, I'm, I'm a subscribed to Fluent in Three Months, and he mentioned mm-hmm. him. And so I went in, I kind of skimmed through it, who's a long read, and I was just like, ugh. But um, I just wanted to see what his findings were at the end of the year without English. Uh, as far as my, as far as my, um, what I think, yes, I, I do believe immersion is one of the best ways to learn the language. And even if you can't, because a lot of people can't, that's just the reality. They can't, they don't have the privilege of going to another country for three months or 12 Mm. months or whatever and immersing themselves that way. That's just the reality. People have jobs, they have families, they have responsibilities that don't allow them to make that choice. 
So mm-hmm. with that said, uh, I, one of the things I talked about on my YouTube, my YouTube videos, uh, the last one, which was about German, was very detailed, but there is one that's a general uh, guide on how to simulate immersion because that is very, very, very fundamental to becoming fluent because there's, there's, there's knowing the language in theory, like you know the vocabulary, you know how to conjugate the verbs, and then there's practical knowledge like you're fluent. You can have a conversation with ease. And you can do that. You can simulate immersion. Now, it is going to be hard if you live in the U.S. or an English-speaking region or even if you live abroad but you go to school and all your classes are in English or you work and you speak English at work but at home you speak a different language. You can, you know, immerse yourself as much as you possibly can within the day just by making sure all your media is in that language. So what you're watching, what you're listening to, who you're writing to, what you're reading, if you can incorporate at least a little bit every day of those four mediums, you will see a significant improvement from as if from if you just studied from the book by itself or studied from a website by itself. So that that's something I recommend you, you go all in if you're going to learn. As far as his year without English, I think if you go to another country, then, yes, that is definitely practical, and I think it would help. I mean, that actually helped me when I was I was living in Germany. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, the, it's so crazy because I was actually studying French for, like, I think five, six years. So studying French when I first got to Germany, I was still studying and I was living on post. So when you live on the military. You say live on you know, post? On post. Well, well, we call it on post. The Army says post, and then, like, I think oh, the Air post. Force okay. and Navy says base. But when you live on a military installation, you know, it's almost like you're in the U.S., and then you can venture out if you want to go into Germany, and then you come back to your little U.S. So mm-hmm. once I left that installation and I started living on the economy, as they called it, um, my German increased dramatically, like really, and especially because I had to communicate with people in German to get what I wanted. If I went to the store and I wanted something and I didn't see it, I was going to have to try to communicate with somebody, hey, do you have this this potato or this bread or whatever? I don't see it. You're going to have to interact with people, and interacting is, is one of the ways that you increase your knowledge. So, And TV as well. Interacting and TV are my top two things. Oh, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. And then the, the, the other question, which I guess kind of answers itself, because when you consider Scott Young's experience, um, I was really going to ask, you know, do you think, you have to be an older, older. I mean, do you have to be young to learn a language, or do you have to be older? And you know, obviously, if you, I feel like you've answered that question both with your own experience going to Germany, but also um, Scott Young himself is is a grown man, uh, but yet he did the. You know, he learned you know multiple languages in the course of a year. Um, so I guess that kind of answers itself. I guess. Do you agree you don't have to be super young to be before you pick up a language? You can always learn at a later age, you know? You can, but it is actually, I would, me and my personal experience, I think it's better you at least, if you, you at least learn the basics when you're young because when you're young, you get an advantage as far as pronunciation is concerned. 
you definitely get that advantage. When you're older, you can learn to be fluent in a language. That There's no doubt about that. But you don't have that pronunciation ability, ability as you would have when you were younger. So, for instance, like, if I never learned Spanish, I probably would sound American when I speak it. But because I grew up hearing it when I was little and I would, like, repeat things that people said, I have the natural, you know, pronunciation down. But, like, for instance, let's say um, I never learned Dutch, and I'm actually mm-hmm. trying to learn Dutch right now. It's hard for me. It's so hard for me. Wow. I mean, pronounce correctly. I understand when people are speaking Dutch, but for me to pronounce at this day and age, it's hard for me to sound like a native Dutch person. Yeah, I can see that because, you know, it's obviously there are people who come to America from other countries later in life, and even though they're surrounded with English when they come here, they still speak with accents. Right. So, and actually, um, my degree is in clinical psychology, and I do know for a fact that there that there's a there's a uh, I can't remember what they call it. There's a something period <laughs> that you that you have as a child where your where you you hear certain phonemes and certain sounds uh, regularly, and those those become kind of in 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 like uh innate in your in your mind like those are the that's kind of the range of sounds you're able to produce because of the frequency of at which you hear them at an age and i think the i think the uh, critical age is like 7 years old and like the the sound your kind of your sound range um kind of becomes less it becomes more difficult for you to pick up new a linguistic sounds uh, after that age, and then after that it just becomes progressively harder. But you can still learn the language. You may even be able to learn to hear the language. You may or may not be still be able to learn to hear the language. But speaking it and forming those sounds would be a little bit like an extra kind of, you'd have an extra hurdle there. And uh, I've also heard that, um, yeah, I, 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 I also know from my brother because, my youngest brother, like I speak Igbo, um, I, it's, able, it's easy for me to learn to speak Igbo and make the sounds of Igbo, even though I don't do it perfectly, um, than it is, for example, my brother, who, even though he's passionate about learning the language, um, sometimes making the sounds are more difficult for him. And I don't, and I, and I think it might be because I was actually surrounded by Igbo and lived in the village when I was three years old. And three years old is a very critical period. Um, because that's the time you're learning to speak. And mm-hmm. even though I didn't speak Igbo much of my life, um, I think three years old was um, being surrounded by it at three helped me to hear the sounds and even be able to produce the sounds at three years old, even though I never used it again until I was about 13 or, you know, during the, and when I went back to Nigeria for high school. So... Um, so I, I can see that. I can see your observation definitely. Um, I think maybe Scott Young, maybe there's something we're not, we don't know about him, or maybe, you know, maybe he just has been surrounded by languages all his life and he's just able to do that. Um, also, I wanted to say that, uh, you know, if you search Black Girls Learn Languages on YouTube, you do find your, your videos quite all right, but I think there's also striking that you find a lot of videos of, uh, black girls who, like people with videos that say, you know, black girls speaking any particular language. You know, there's video where it says little black girl speaking Korean um, to a taxi driver, 
black girls speak Russian, black girls speaks Russian. And it's almost as if, wow, people are like, wow, these people, you know, that this actually happens. It goes back to what you were saying. The fact that we actually even have to have such an organization that points out the fact that we can learn languages is very, you know, it's, it's, it's great that it's, it's happening, but it's still like, you know, oh, wow, we have to really show ourselves. And I remember once, <laughs> once I saw a, yeah, and I remember once I saw a video of um, a, actually a black man who was on a, I believe, either Korean or Chinese um, game show where he was singing in either Korean or Chinese. I can't remember what language it was at this time. But literally, people's jaws were on the floor. I mean, I say people, I mean these Chinese people, which is, he was like the only black person in a sea of either Chinese or Korean people. And they literally, like people were like, jaws on the floor. One woman was like standing up. I think somebody was crying because he was, <laughs> because he was singing in this language that they were, I guess they were shocked and he was singing well. He was pronouncing all the words well. And, you know, Chinese or Korean is not an easy language. I, I, mean, I don't know if it's easy or not, depending on who you are, where you are, and what your, you know, what your experience has been. It may or may not be easy, but I guess people were just surprised Probably number one because these cultures are not so inclusive, like they're so you know their countries are rarely penetrated by people right. outside of the Asian community. Um, so to see you know someone who is of all things black um, singing or speaking in you know in this Asian language is like what you know what I mean, and so they were so shocked that literally people couldn't believe it. And he was speaking, he was saying, doing it fluently and with a great voice. And it was just a shock to them. So um, I think that goes back to um, what you're saying. <laughs> and last piece about the, the search on uh, YouTube, you also see um, one woman who is black, and she says, how I learned eight languages. And I, I haven't watched that video, but I think it's um, – it just shows that we do have the, we have definitely have the ability, and we should definitely be encouraged. So that's why you know what you're doing is just so phenomenal. Um, so moving on, uh, I think you kind of you're kind of talking like it just sounds like you really broke into. When I say broke in, I mean broke in, <laughs> kicked the door mm-hmm. down and entered um, into this space. And you're just really taking on this charge on your own. So um, I think the question now is, um, where do you see this going? And um, you know, what sort of opportunities uh, do you see for Africans all over the world who are looking for success? When I say success, I mean success through. Um, what you're doing, how do you think that what you're doing can impact their ability for success? And in general, if they're looking for success, what is your what is your advice to them? Well, as far as what I'm doing, really, I just, I want to increase the visibility of black people who are fluent in more than one language. So that's the first thing I want to do with this. So I hope that with this, more people, when, when, when someone comes out and they're speaking French and Catalan and, and Serbian, 
they're not like, oh, my gosh. They're just like, oh, that's cool. You know, I really want that mm-hmm. mindset to shift to that way. And I also want to help people if they are having trouble, like, hey, I want to learn a language, but I've never done this, and I have no way, I don't know what to start with, how I want to be able to help those people and say, hey, this is what you need to do, and give them a, a, a general plan of this is what you start with, et cetera. And then for the languages that I have experience with, I would love to be able to give more detailed help as far as how to learn German or, you know, how to go about learning French because there's certain nuances of learning a language you will only understand if you touch that language. So um, that's where I hope to go with that and eventually go on to um, scholarships. And I want to, my, my, my biggest goal is to have a fellowship. I want to have a fellowship where I offer black women the opportunity to apply, and it's 10 or 12 months long, and they go to another country for the purpose of getting work experience or whatever in that country for those months. That's, like, my biggest goal is to be able to offer that. So that's mm. where I see it going. And then as far as Africans all over the world who are looking for success, uh, if there are opportunities here at the US, in the U.S., I remember going to a job fair a couple of years ago, and this is still the case today. The CIA is looking for people who speak African languages like Swahili, Somali, Tigrinya, what have you, um, and, and there's a preference for that. So it's, it's, it's I, I watched this. I remember being at the job fair and telling them, oh, I speak English and I speak German, and they were like, oh, go online, blah, blah, blah. Same line they gave everybody. And this African guy came, and they were like, well, what languages do you speak? And he was like, I speak Swahili, I speak this and that. And they were like, oh, you speak Swahili? And they pulled him aside and then basically was like, okay, this is what you do, and you put this in, here's my name. I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, yes, when I say it, it's real. If you know these languages, please apply because these are preferred languages that the intelligence agency needs. Um, There are also jobs in the U.N. system, of course, in the African Union system. There are, like, freelance opportunities worldwide in different different countries. There's opportunity to study abroad, work abroad, and expand into the countries that are homogenous, like China, for example. That's a homogenous country. But lately, I've been seeing more and more black people going there to work as English teachers, study at universities, entrepreneurs, a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs go there for because they have their own hair supplier, what have you. Um, and I think there's so much opportunity for us to spread into these places and enjoy a different kind of lifestyle, as well as slowly changing the perception of African people and people of African descent abroad, because we are very hardworking and resilient people, despite colonization, imperialism, all of that. We're still here, and I think it's important for people to see that. Absolutely, absolutely. Such a great answer. Um, so I, I actually want to ask you a little bit about the, um, the, uh, the advantages of learning languages. What advantages do you see of uh, learning multiple languages? I, I just want to start off by saying, like, one thing that I, I think might, it was a really good reason to learn multiple languages, um, whether they be German or French or Spanish, the Romance languages or Italian, or even if they're African languages or Asian languages, I think my personal thought process is, you know, there may be a body of knowledge in those languages that you have access to. 
um, because of only that you would only get through your ability. I mean, over beyond the superficial of just oh, it sounds cool, you know, to tell people mm-hmm. I learn language, I, I know a new language, or I know multiple languages. But you know, just what are some, what do you think are some deeper ones? You know, such as like that, like you can you know, open up a book in another language or you can have a conversation with somebody in another language and they'll literally tell you secrets, you know what I mean? Or, or the book itself <laughs> would be like, wow, you know, like, I didn't know this and it wouldn't have been that obvious to me had I um, had I just stuck with English or whatever your native language is. Um, I know that, well, I'm, I don't want to ask you the whole question for you, but I was going to say that uh, there's a word that there's a word that only exists in uh, I I can't remember what it's one of the Romance languages I think French or Italian or something that means like some there's a video I saw on YouTube about this that like means both sad and longing like it, like you're in love with something but you're kind of both sad and longing for somebody that you only in an effort in a uh, um, in a, in a um, in an ethereal way, and not an ethereal, but it's like in a fleeting way. Like you almost miss somebody, but it's, it's a sad and long. But it's a word that does not exist in any other language. And so, so I thought that was unique. But anyway, that's my answer. But so what's your answer? Well, definitely, like, yeah. yeah, learning another language has lots of benefits besides, like you said, oh, that's not cool. <laughs> One, mm-hmm. like I said, it, it does open you up for professional and academic opportunities. There are a lot of opportunities I see every day online, especially in the U.S., because um, Spanish is unofficially a de facto language here, and there are Mm -hmm. a lot of job openings that require you to speak Spanish. And Mm -hmm. um, there are also, like I said, academic opportunities that, um, you know, require you to have a certain level of, language knowledge before you can take part in it. Like, I know for one, for a fact, uh, uh, Georgia State University, I used to live in Atlanta for a while, they had a master's program. And in order to be a part of this master's program, this master's program was expensive, girl. Woo! But I, I was just like, if I had the money, let me still see. So I went and looked yep. at the requirements. And it was like you had to have proficiency in another language. They were going to test you because it was an international program. So you did so many months in Atlanta at the Georgia State local campus. And then after that, you did so many months in Brazil. And then after that, you did so many months in whatever the language that you have proficiency in. They would find a placement for you to do an internship. And at the end of the internship, basically, you were supposed to continue employment at that company in that country is the idea. And then um, I think, but before you get there, you go to Brazil, then you go to the University of Paris. And I think you go to university in Shenzhen in China, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. And then after that, you do your internship. And then upon satisfactory performance, you're supposed to get a job offer. So, for instance, let's say you, your, your language is Spanish. So they can find you a placement in Spain, anywhere in Latin America, the Caribbean, or Central America, um, or let's say you speak German. So then they could find you a placement in Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Luxembourg, any of the border cities, you know, um, part of Italy, wherever they speak German, you would get a, a language placement there. So 
So there's so many opportunities as a result of knowing a language. And another thing on lowering the leather language, it exposes you to another way of thinking because another language they communicate differently based on their culture. Like you said, with the word that didn't exist, I don't know that word. I need to find that word out. But there's words <laughs> that exist. There's words that exist in the English language that you cannot translate to another language. And then there's words in those languages, like the word mind, for example. Like you know how you say, "I have my own mind." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the concept of mind doesn't really exist in German, and I don't wow. think it exists in French and Spanish. I don't know for sure, but I don't think it does. And Or, like, for instance, there's a word for, like, for us, we would just say they don't, I don't want to do it. But there's a word for that lack of desire of wanting to do something. Like, there's a word for that in German and they, or the, a desire to do something. And there's a word for the desire to do something in Spanish, but we don't have a single word for that. It's just, I want to do it, I don't want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that does give you some insight into a different way of thinking about mm-hmm. things. Yep. And then also it expands your vocabulary as well because, and I mean your native language vocabulary because, like, I'll use German as an example. For instance, Germans, they have their words are kind of, they have a lot of compound words. So, for instance, if you see a word and you, I would just use, I always use Zweideutsch as an example. That's, like, my best example. Zweideutsch, um, it literally means, like, literally two meanings, but mm-hmm. it really means, like, ambiguous or equivocal like that. So let's say you don't know what the word ambiguous means or you don't know what the word equivocal means. Now you're forced to look that up to understand what Zweideutsch means. And so that's what a foreign language does for you. It expands your native language vocabulary because there's a lot of words that are used that, you know, sometimes when you translate into English, that's not a word we would use on a daily basis. That is that is so true. And I think that point kind of speaks to also the recognition of the diversity of the human experience also. Like just based on what you're saying, it just gives me a picture of like the diversity of human experiences and why it's so important for us to kind of have a sort of reverence for languages because um, really I believe that within a language kind of is, languages are impregnated with a culture. And maybe there's something about German, German culture that doesn't really... Uh, permit one to think about the mind in that way, and it's important to kind of understand that. And me, someone as, as someone who um, is familiar with Igbo language and Igbo culture, I definitely know that there is culture embedded in languages. Like you just kind of know, you know, that Igbo is more of a language of um, observation. Like you're mm-hmm. more observing. You're very observant in the Igbo language, and a lot of the words kind of mix in. With like they're 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 like the longer words are more der- derivations of the shorter words, and it kind of like in like embedded in the the meaning of the word is almost a feeling towards that which you're speaking of. So there's like feeling in every word you're saying, and on top of that, it's a tonal language. So it's like you're not just saying, "Oh, this is a um, this is a light bulb." You know, you're saying, wow, this is something that 
is bright and hot or something. You know what I mean? Like there's something right. about the word itself that has some deeper meaning to it. And sometimes you just find that the word used kind of shows you how the culture feels about something. Right. And, uh, you know, exactly. you see that even in, yeah, and you see that even in, in English. Like, you know, there's certain things we talk about that almost has either a religious connotation to it or some other kind of philosophical connotation to that which we're speaking of. So I'm just, yeah, I'm floored. Yeah, that was, that was actually a really, um, really thought-provoking answer. So as we wrap up uh, our interview, I, I feel like I could talk about this all day because I just think <laughs> I really do. I think that it's so, um, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, languages are such an important um so, is there so, just so, they're just so important it's just so important to acknowledge and revere the fact that languages are very powerful language itself is a very powerful tool and how it's used and 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 how we how we embrace it um so as we wrap up i want to ask you um your platform uh, black girls learn languages uh, do, uh, does it offer any opportunities for africans to participate africans of any kind all over the world Yes, Obviously, it's black girls, but you know, like <laughs> um, at the same time, is there anything that maybe we, that's not as obvious or something? Well, I would say, you know, and me personally, just because I know that, like I said before, Africa is the most linguistically diverse continent on this earth. So mm-hmm. I kind of am of the mindset more of celebrating Africans because I kind of assume that. They probably know a few languages already because a lot of the countries have, you know, the official language and then there's regional languages, what have you. But my platform is open in case they want to use my content to learn another language. It's also open for them as subject matter experts to come in and connect with others who are wanting to learn because that's another thing I want to do. I don't – although my focus is the languages that I have experience with – I also want people who are learning another language, I don't want them to be discouraged like, oh, she can't help me. No, I'm going to make it my business to find somebody who can help you because we're all in this together. For um, for example, there was someone who, it was a black woman who reached out to me in, in, um, in a DM on Instagram and was like, oh, I want to learn Chinese, um, but, you know, I don't know how, you know, what can I do? So I said, you know, just give me hold tight. Let me see what I can do. I put out an ad, and I was able to connect her, I think, with about 15 black people who were either fluent or they were just more advanced than she was. And um, I also connected her with this community, Black in China. And um, Mm. she was so excited, and I was excited because I didn't even think I was going to be able to do that, but I was going to at least try for her. And Mm. there was another girl that she said she wanted to learn Tigrinya, and I don't have any experience with that, but I said, you know, hold tight. Let me just see what I could do. I did the same thing, put out an ad, and I was able to connect her with somebody who was a native speaker that could help her with resources or tell her what she can use. And um, she was excited about that. So any, even though I don't know any African languages personally, my resources, just my general approach to language learning can possibly help. I also want subject matter experts to come in and help others who want to learn their language as well. And um, like I said, my, you know, the languages that I know that I've experienced with, um, French, 
and it is a colonial language. And, you know, like I said, the, the general approach to language learning, I feel, could be helpful to learning any language. Absolutely. I think there may be people who actually may not even be fluent in their own African languages who may find just having those resources about how to learn languages will help mm-hmm. them to um, to to pursue um, to pursue the, the the what they may have always wanted to do, which may be just learning their mother tongue better or you know whatever. So so I, I definitely see that and I like that. I like that you have all kinds of um, ways in which people can participate in what you do. And um, so. Um, thanks for, for joining us again on the African Growth Opportunity Podcast. Um, how, can, how exactly can my listeners um, get in contact with you or reach out um, if they wanted to talk to you or find you online or in any way? Well, first of all, my platform, I have to say this because that belongs to me, www.blackgirlslearnlanguages.co, not .com, .co. I try to be <laughs> a little new and different. But uh, so that's the website. I am more active on Instagram, I do have to say. My Instagram is Black Girls Learn Languages. That's the handle. And Twitter, I'm active from time to time. I only go on there when I feel like I have something to say. <laughs> and my Twitter is Black Linguistas. So it's like Black Linguist, A-S. Mm. So back, that's another thing that, that, that in the midst of me creating this, I recently came up with because I just was thinking, you know, oh, oh you know, we have the Black Travelista, you know, and we have Fashionistas. And I just thought, you know, Black Linguistas, you know, that just to just, drive home the point that, you know, this is what I'm doing this for. Oh, that's that's great. Um, so thanks again, Shahida, for joining us on the African Growth Opportunities Podcast. It's been a real pleasure having you and speaking with you today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so glad that I was able to just share that with your listeners. Thank you again. Thank you. As always, blossom where you're planted. You have been listening to the African Growth Opportunities Podcast brought to you by Wudo.com. Wudo.com is your resource for black and Igbo media, merchandise, and business topics from all over the web. When search engines let you down, Wudo's got your back. Visit Wudo.com today.